Warning, this episode contains tanks, explosions, vulgar language, puma twins, and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Fifty-nine. Police officers should be issued tanks. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Monger Review. I'm your host, Zahn. How are you doing today? Pretty good, I hope. I've been pretty good, as you can tell. This is the second episode of this week, and I'm in a really good mood for this, you know. Getting back on track, getting everything all set, all ready to go, and so everything will be even, Steven, ready to go, and all set. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. First off, hi, my name is Zahn, like I said before, and this is Spire Kid Manga. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your 50th time listening, welcome back. So, what is Spirekin? Spirekin is a society that provides information and reviews about manga. Pretty much what happens is every episode I'll review one or two manga, depending on the situation, and give you a little bit of information about it. That way you don't go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool. You pick it up and the manga sucks. I do all the dirty work for you. I'll review it. I'll tell you if it's worth reading. And you don't have to agree with anything I say, but I hope I'm entertaining just a little bit and you get some little bit of knowledge. That's about it. Yes, I've been on for 59 episodes. Can you believe it? One more and I hit the big six zero, and that'll make me a fucking old man. Whoa, can't believe it. So, either way, what is new in Spirekin Manga Review Land? Well, nothing much. Just doing the same old shit, different day. Reading manga, relaxing, working, talking to fight bait. Kent and a couple other people from the various forums I'm part of, and that's it, I think. Oh, yes, before I forget, if you want to check out the website, the website is spirekin.podbean.com. You can email me spirekin at gmail.com, or you can check us out on our forum, spirekin.rapboards.com. We are on Twitter under spirekin, and I'm on Xbox Live under Zan Space Spirekin, and Zan is X A N, not S A N. Thank you very much. So, Without further ado, let's get on with the news segment of the episode. Now, since it's been a couple of days, nothing much has happened. The only really newsworthy thing is that during Anime Expo, CPM decided to tell everyone their final goodbyes. Because they're gone, and they've said a very nice statement. Now, I'm not going to read it verbatim, because a lot of the other forums and all the other podcasts have been saying what it says. But long story short, they're thanking everyone who's hung out with them and who's cared about all their different things. From Anime 18 to Central Park Media to CPM Comics to all the things. They thank you for the long 20-year history they've had. And we're going to miss them. So, bye CPM and hopefully no other big company goes down. I hope not. Anything else going on in the manga news? Well, Comic-Con is coming and that's it. Nothing really else. Hope we'll have some more news, something new, something bigger later. But, well, that's it for really... So let's get on with the big review for this week. And, well, this week, if you remember from the last episode of the Spirekin Manga Review, I spun the Wheel of Manga, and it dictated that I be reviewing Dominion Tank Police. Now, this is a manga by Masamune Shiro. Now, if you don't know who Masamune Shiro is, why are you listening to this fucking podcast? No, seriously, Masamune Shiro is a big name in the anime manga world. I mean, he's done a lot of big stuff. Now, the most representative, biggest thing that you know him from is, of course, the popular 
the world known, the very fucked up and very long and boring at times, but exciting at other times, the Ultimate Series, which has a great anime, a weird manga, and an awesome TV movie series. What am I talking about? Ghosts in the Shell. And if you read the manga, the manga is tripped out beyond fucking belief. The manga is really fucking weird. The anime isn't bad. I like a lot of stuff, and also you can check out the Majors Badonkadonk if you watch the anime, and also there's a lot of cool stuff in it. So, either way, like I said, Demi Tank Lease was written by Masamune Shiro, and it was originally published by, by Hakusensha, and it is released by Dark Horse Comics, so you can actually get a hold of it. It hasn't been discontinued yet. It is a Senin, came out originally in 1985, and there's two volumes. So two books, pretty inexpensive, pretty cheap to get. And also there is an OVA, and originally was released by U.S. Manga Corps and Bendai Entertainment. So you can find it relatively easy. The dub is a little weird, a little bit unusual, but it's not bad. And also it is a comedy, sci-fi, action-adventure, really weird fucking manga and well what is dominion tank police or as it's known in japan dominion about well dominion takes place in this alternate future history in this city called newport and newport is a really weird fucking city now first off it looks like it's designed by the mushroom people like the people from spore men it's a very organic circular design to it that's very fungal and it looks kind of gross it's not very sci-fi-ish, you know, like you'd expect like Blade Runner, Ghost in the Shell, where you have tall buildings and all that stuff. It's very clunky and dirty. And the other thing is that in this future, everyone, if you go outside, you have to wear gas masks because there's all this pollution and this bacterial crap in the air, which if you don't have your mask on, you're going to die from breathing this stuff in. And this is actually really funny because it's a big environmental piece because the environment's a big thing. They're trying to save the environment, so on and so forth. Yet the protagonists of this series drive around in combustion engine tanks. Now follow me with this second. Environment is bad. You don't want to have any bad ozone things fucking up the air and, and all this stuff. Yet your protagonists drive vehicles which make the pollution worse. It doesn't fucking make any sense. What are you fucking smoking, Shiro? Come on. Get fucking get it fucking together. Come on. Come on. Think it through. Anyway. Yes. So these are police officers who use tanks. Now the SWAT team, they're cops. Regular cops who drive around in fucking tanks. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait, what? There's, they're using tanks? That's normal, right? You got SWAT team? No. This is a special branch of the police in the city where they're pretty much set up to arrest Biako. Now Biako is this super criminal that the tank police are destined to fight and he is this well creepy looking android looking fucker with glasses and long arms and all this stuff and when you first meet him he's running away from well the main female protagonist of the series Leona Ozaki. Now Leona is stereotypical, very uppity, very happy, very fucking psychotic main character who is driving around causing lots of collateral damage in her tank, destroying shit and chasing after Biaku. 
And when she thinks she's about to catch Byaku, suddenly you see the Byaku that she's been chasing who robbed this bank is actually a fake. And when he blows up, all this counterfeit money flies everywhere. Everyone goes crazy and she lost him. Now, the tank police is made up by a bunch of characters who they're all fucking crazy. Like I said, the main character, Leona, is this very unusual, very peculiar girl who's completely and utterly fucking nuts. And she's also a tank file. Now, hold on, let me explain in one second. Before I explain the whole thing with the tank, let me get on to her partner, Al. Now, Al is this young male guy who pretty much is working with her because she's in charge of her tank unit which is this very cute looking creepy tank that she calls Bonaparte and we'll describe him in a moment and the pilot who's actually inside the tank drives it around and also just controls it is Al and the thing is that Al is like the second in command and the thing is that he is madly infatuated with Leona he likes her a lot he would like to do naughty things to her the only problem is that Leona her heart is all for Bonaparte, her tank. Now, let me describe this tank for you. It is like a small, super deformed tank with legs. I mean, the treads look like its feet clawing on the ground. It's actually kind of organic looking and a little creepy. But if you look at it from some angles, it looks actually kind of cute compared to these other giant monstrous tank that the other characters drive and that they're just wreaking havoc on the country with. So, either way... Al is just kind of like this guy who's just really just, he likes Leona, he's trying the best he can to just work with this really fucked up crazy person who, at the drop of the hat, will, oh, those people are resisting arrest, let's blow them the fuck up, and we'll blow them up. The irony in this is that I really like Al, surprisingly, he's a minor character and I really enjoy him. Well, one of the reasons is that he is an Al, and for those of you who've listened to an earlier episode, you know I like Al's a lot. They need to be represented a lot more in the manga and anime and fiction world in general. There aren't enough of us. But anyway, doesn't matter. But Al is the support of Leona, and he just does the best he can, and he's self-sacrificing for her. At one point, she's going to be poisoned because of the noxious fumes, and he actually sacrifices his own air supply to save her over himself. So, he's a courageous character. It's just he gets shit on a lot by the fact that every time he's like, Hey, Leona, you want to go out? Oh, Bonaparte needs me. I have to go. Sorry, Al. Thanks. Bye. So, he really gets shit on. It kind of sucks, but he's still a good character. And let's get on with some of the other characters, shall we? Next, you have the squad leader, who is called Brenton. Now, this is named after the 10mm handgun, and this guy is a fucking crazy boy. I mean, when you see him, he's constantly reading these magazines and doing these truly horrific things with... Which sets around on uber-violence, especially with using guns and explosives and other things. He is the stereotypical, psychotic, violent character from the 80s, which... A lot of us older fans remember and just wish that these characters were still around to teach these young whippersnappers who are all femi a lesson on why you need to blow shit up at times. He's completely fucking batshit crazy at times and he's really obsessed with guns. He's just a complete and utter fucking nut job who will kill people just for the hell of it. And also he has a subscription to the How to Kill magazine. This should tell you something, I mean, huh? Huh? How to Kill Magazine? I mean, seriously, this guy must be freaking crazy. I mean, How to Kill Magazine, what does this tell you? He's either a sociopath, a serial killer, or he's a nut. 
pretty much batshit fucking crazy with sunglasses. Very cool main character, like very macho machismo, that 80s type of I'm a man and a man's a man. Unfortunately, he's been downgraded to just a background-esque character who is a supportive character to Leona. He's her boss and just tells her what to do and supplies her with lots of weaponry to blow shit up with. So, it kind of sucks, but what are we going to do? Then, the other person you have is Specs. Well, that's his nickname. And he's the science tech and the tank leader who drives a tank. And after about, I don't know, one issue, he says, I'm leaving to join this other company because they offered me a job. Which he joins the Critical Science Development Agency, which is a think tank. And what happens is that later on he comes back because it turns out that the reason why they accepted his application is that they're going to steal his research and say that they made it and he had nothing to do with it, which is kind of fucked up. The only other real main character you have is the chief. Now, chief is the chief of police, you know, big thick mustache, hair, constantly has an ulcer and just stressed out because there's so much collateral damage that the tank police cause because they destroy all this shit and they're just fucking completely insane and he's just very stressed out and fucking crazed and this group is in charge of lots of highly destructive weapons that blow the shit up completely and like I said they're trying to catch Byaku and his criminal syndicate which are just kind of very stupid characters who are just a little bit he's not even really a super mastermind criminal he's just like a bumbling criminal who's has powers and just he has a gang that's about it and the gang is the interesting part of this series because of the two female assistants of Biak because as we know any criminal has to have a mall a female assistant and of course Biaku, on the other hand has many ball malls and since he is an android of course they are androids and these of course I'm talking about are the infamous Anapuma and Uni Puma. Now, Annie and um, Uni are the Puma twins. These cyborg cat girls who they're supposedly were strippers and they were sex dolls. And when you first see them, you just think, oh, they're cat girls with cat ears. Then around the sixth volume, you finally found out they are androids. You see that one of them has an, a robotic arm. And they're very just like they love Byaku and they're, they fight a lot and they do the stupidest and strangest things possible and they're just kind of there to just be superficial and weird pretty much meaning that they're just typical comic relief and they're there to keep the plot going on and they're a typical henchwomen i mean for some reason these were the predecessors to what would create harley quinn in my opinion because they're there they do whatever the boss says and they like the boss a lot and they're just basically twin sisters who just do crazy things they got these cool motorcycles which have their name on so you can distinguish them and if you have ever seen the anime the, the original OVA which is awesome you will see Anapuma and Unapuma do an awesome striptease and if you look on the website spirekin.poppy.com I actually in this article after my usual link I actually have a picture of the striptease that's being done it's actually the video of it it's pretty cool and if you can hear in the background, I kind of playing the music just a little bit. So, what happens in this very short series? Only six issues. Well, it's very short. It's three volumes and three volumes. That's it. It's really short. 
And what happens is that as they've been chasing Byaku around, the tank police discover this girl who she is, well, she looks like a fairy. I mean, a very creepy fairy. She has, well, wings and she's nude and they're wondering what the fuck is going on with her. I mean, she's weird and for some reason when they're in the room with her, she's just very... The air is very nice and clean. Well, what happens is that it turns out that... Remember that company I told you about? The Critical Science Development Agency? Well, they created this girl whose name is Greenpeace Crolis or Caloris. It determines on wherever you want to check it out. And what she is is she is a living air purifier. Pretty much what happens is if she's in an area, suddenly air gets better, everything gets all good, and everything gets all nice and clean, and you can breathe, and everything's all good. And what happens is that Byaku and his group comes back to kidnap her, and this ensue leads to them having a huge fight, and things happen with that. This is pretty much the first two issues of the six-part series. And it's kind of interesting, because she's like a little fucking brat. She, at first think, oh, she's just an android with rings. No, she's just a little whiny brat who she does, she's emotionless, yet you hear her at times say, I want sun. Put me in the sunlight. I want sunlight. So she's like a plant, almost. That's what I'm thinking about. That's probably the green skin's probably chloroform or something. And she doesn't care about any of this stuff. And the funny thing is that Byaku wants to kidnap her, and what he wants to do is, as opposed to using her for what she's supposed to be used for to clean up the air and outside it's like no what we're gonna do is we're gonna turn everybody into purifiers and everything will be fine and normal and everything will be good and this plot really doesn't work out well because they fuck it up because he's a moron and then his other plan is this okay well we fucked up this plan anyway so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna kidnap all these little babies we're gonna take them we're gonna kidnap them and then we're gonna fly away to another planet and he does this which pretty much ends the fucking manga series where he just flies off with his two friends and Chloris and well you never see them again it's kind of retarded what happens to them but you know Chloris is just this really weird character who's just there for well she's like a kid who just Anna and Umi take care of and she's just there there is one other group I forgot to tell you about that is kind of important for when they first go to rescue Chloris from the tank police and that is Cab. Now these are the Citizens Against Destructive Police Force. Essentially a bunch of angry ladies who just want to stop the tank police from destroying everything. They're fucking crazy and this is all they want. They want, we don't like the tank police. They destroy our house. They destroy our stuff. We don't want them here. Instead we want you to replace them with this. And they show out the TF4, this fucking ginormous tank which has power suits in it and all this stuff. And this is a better option than having these little tanks blow up stuff. Oh, that's a good idea, so they're going to fire the tank police. Ah, one small problem. What happens if Byaku gets in control of this tank? Lots more mayhem. Bring back the fucking tank police! So it is completely fucking crazy what happens. There's explosions, crazy shit. You have one guy who's completely nuts and wants to shoot everything. He spent three days using rounds to blow things up. You have a girl who's in love with her tank and and loves blowing things up and just takes things to the extreme you have a guy who's in love with a girl who doesn't recognize him you have the tank itself Bonaparte who just is a tank and then you have the Puma twins who are hot and crazy so pretty much it's a clusterfuck of shit which is just all over the fucking place 
but for some reason it is kind of entertaining and very odd at times. I mean, you kind of sympathize with the citizens against destructive police after a while. I mean, there's one volume where there's a hostage situation in a bar and the police are there and Leona just got Bonaparte fixed and as she's driving she hears on the APB that there is they need more police officers. So she gets the brilliant idea, why don't I help out? And so she goes there, grabs the megaphone and says, if you don't come out, I'm going in there after you. And the guy says pretty much, I'm not letting my hostage out. He cheated on my wife with me and he killed and ruined my life. It's like, well, fine, I'm coming in. And you see her drive. And this bar is, by the way, down steps, like in the subway-esque area. So you see her drive Bonaparte downstairs, destroy the bar to blow his head off with a point-blank range shell from the tank. It is completely and utterly fucking crazy what these people do. It's, it boggles the mind, but it's fucking entertaining because you want to see this shit. I mean, how cool would that be if you were in a hot situation you saw a guy drive up and freaking want to kill the terrorists right there? It'd be kind of fucking cool. It's a li- it is out there, though. I'm not going to lie. It is a little, <laughs> little crazy, but what are we going to do, you know? Um, Pretty much art style is very 80s. I'm not going to lie. It's typical... Masamune Shiro art, which is a little bit confusing and a little bit organic, but it's very odd. And it's either hit or miss. You can really love this art. I mean, the character design isn't bad, but the, the scenery and the design of the tanks themselves, you can either really love it or you can really hate it. So it's kind of Masameno. You can love it or hate it. So you can give or take. Personally, I'm not too much of a fan of it. I mean, I like the Puma Twin design. I love the power suit design. I love the design of the tanks, but the background I, I hate. And I also hate some of the just other little things that they do here and there. And it kind of pisses me the fuck off. So it loses points there. Story itself, well, it's just fucking anarchy. I mean, there are little things here and there. Like when they're explaining about Claudette, the whole, th- or, or, um, uh, Cloris, her whole thing. Sorry, I'm mixing her up with another character. But anyway, with the whole thing, Cloris, they kind of hinted the whole fact that is she a person? Is she not? And this will come about later in Ghost in the Shell. You have that happening later. Also, if you read the manga of Ghost in the Shell, a lot of the characters who are in this, including the Puma Twins, show up in there, which is hysterical. Anyway, there's a lot of that little dynamic. It's more of just a light-hearted comedy, which is sci-fi stuff, as opposed to just a straight-up, thought-provoking mindfuck. So this is Ghost in the Shell with explosions and no political talking crap. And it's not bad. Two volumes, it's not that bad. You can collect it, or you can just look it up online. I personally would say collect it, because Dark Horse needs the win. They're a good company. They do the best they can. It's worth seeing. The, the manga and the anime are both collector's items, and they're pretty nice to watch, and they're pretty inventive and pretty unique. And what can I say about this series, except it's... If you like blowing shit up, if you like seeing things get destroyed... This is the one for you. There is collateral damage up the ass. There is destruction everywhere. There's anarchy. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like there's an entire one episode where the tank police get caught in this chamber, which is filled with, uh, they turn off the purifier and they have to escape. But there's some crackheads there for no reason whatsoever who are just giggling and they have to save the crackheads or they're going to let the crackheads die. It's, it's, they're just, like I said, six little stories worth checking out to see the anarchy in this weird city where air pollution's around and it's a little thing that's enjoyable and interesting 
could you I see it as a big series not really could I take any more but if there was more yeah if there was a lot more I would read more but it was very short it's only six chapters so if I want more there's no way I'm gonna be more so with that in mind I know I did it last week but again for Masamune Shiro's Dominion Tank Police I have to give this a gift from your crazy aunt Muriel it was okay it really was is it's got some nice things the Puma twins are unforgettable but a lot of stuff it's just kinda it's a nice thing to get to relax and read if you just want to laugh and giggle but it's nothing to write home about it's worth checking out at least that so yeah I mean there's nothing else I can really say about it I mean check it out if you have a chance you go to a bookstore and you see tank police just flip through it oh one thing I did forget tank police is in the the standard European style printing what I mean by this is it is left to right not right to left it's not like the new mangas where everything goes right to left it's actually this one you actually read like a normal book so it is a little confusing and some things that are written in English are flipped backwards can get a little annoying but what are you gonna do it's an old 80s manga that's still in print surprisingly you can get this on ebay or you can check out borders or barnes and nobles or you can check out kinokuya they have it there and now that i've done that plug for kinokuya which i should get money for but they don't listen to me anyway so i think that's it for the review yeah that's about it so what else is there going on with the podcast of course there is the design a wheel of manga list for the spark and manga review what it is you take 10 titles from our list which is on the website sparking at rapboards.com and you pick 10 titles and you send it to us as long as the titles have not been used already in one of our 59 episodes that's all you need to do and i'll pick the best one and i'll read it off to you I want to design a promo or opening closing for the Spark and Manga Review. That's self-explanatory. has to be under 60 seconds. MP3 format. And you send it to sparkin at podbean.com. Or, sorry, sparkin at gmail.com. Or sparkin.podbean.com. And also, if you don't want to use your computer, you don't want to send me an MP3, you can call me at 206-426-6665. That, again, is 206-426-MONK. And you call that number and pretty much just tell me a little bit about the thing or do the recording there. I definitely could use a voicemail. And if you do a voicemail, I will play it on the episode. So, oh, yes, I forgot the most important part of this show. The part which, if you're new, you'll love it. You'll want to stay to hear it. And what's part of my speaking about fans? I'm talking about the one, the only... Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except a substitute. What is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what I've done is I've assigned 10 mangas to the 10 slots. I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga. Whatever number lands on, that's what I'm reviewing for the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. So let me spin the Wheel of Manga and see what I'm going to be reviewing for the next episode. And it's number 9 and... So, what I'm going to be reviewing for the next episode is... Number nine is... Oh, this is a good one. And this is going to... For those of you who have watched anime since the late 1990s or early 1990s, you will know this show. It's an oldie but goldie. It was an excellent show that was on Cartoon Network. It was on Channel 9 slash Channel 11 slash Channel 7. It is a staple in the United States history of anime and manga and it is a shoujo 
series, which empowers girls and gives them the strength to do what they can, and what am I speaking about? So for episode 60 of the Spirekin Mong Review, I am going to be reviewing the one, the only, Bihosho Senshi Moon. Yes, I'm going to be reviewing Sailor Moon for the next episode, so that should be pretty cool. And if you don't want to listen to that episode, then episode after that we should be reviewing something kind of cool, so check it out. I think that's it for the Spark and Monger review for this episode, and because it was two this week, and then of course next week, which is going to be the 16th of July or 15th, determining on which way you go. That's what we're reviewing for the next episode, so check it out. So I'm reviewing something new, something different, so we'll see. So I guess I'll talk to you later. As usual, this is the Spark and Monger review. As I said, you can check us out, sparkin.podbean.com on iTunes, on uh, on Podcast Pickle, Podcast Alley, or you can just search Sparkin, S-P-R-A-K-E-N. You can email me, zan.sparkin at gmail.com, sparkin at gmail.com. I am on Twitter, and I give lots of notes, so that's Sparkin, or I am on Facebook, the Sparkin Monger Review Group. Check it out, join. We need lots of new people. I always leave updates on when the new episodes are out, when the new contests are out, and also I put up lots of pictures, so you can check it out. That's it for this episode. So, as usual, this is your ever-grateful host, Zan. I hope you've enjoyed this show, and thanks for listening. I'm Gonzo.